This is Train by Grace 2 with Catherine Elizabeth, and we are in Mark 11. There's a series of stories that I always took as separate, but they are back-to-back to back-to-back. And I think the interesting thing about them is, as I was reading them this time, I saw the connection. It's amazing how the Spirit works that way. So we're going to end up from 11, 12 to chapter 12, verse 12. So we're going to read an entire chapter, but we aren't going to stop at the, start at the top of the chapter. And I think you'll see what I mean. Sometimes Jesus uses a thing you can see often he used a thing you could see that his disciples could see to explain something that they couldn't quite see and i never thought about this this way but i really think this is true in this passage so we're going to invite our good friends david and hattie to join in So we can have a full discussion of Mark 11, verse 12, through Mark 12, verse 12. Hi, Hattie. Hi. Hi, David. Howdy. What are we doing today? Well, we know we're getting closer to Jesus' crucifixion, but there's a lot of things that happen before that happens. And you know how Jesus used different things to, to, to make stories about other things? Yeah, that was called, what was that called? Parables? Yes. Well, now he's kind of telling earthly stories with one particular object. And you'll see that he's really showing the disciples about the people and the events that are going on around him. So... Let's talk about a fig tree first. In chapter 11, verse 12, on the following day, when they came from Bethany, and remember they were coming from outside Jerusalem, this little city called Bethany, to Jerusalem during the week that celebrates the Sabbath. On the following day, when they came from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing in the distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to see if he could find anything on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. Now, I have heard a sermon on this, and there was some research done, and actually there were some fig trees, um, particularly in Bethany, that were supposed to bear figs early. This particular one did not do that. But, and he said to it, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard it. Wow, that's an interesting thing to say. Yeah, it really is. It really is. Um, C.S. Lewis, and I can't remember which book he was talking about, but he was talking about in this book the fact that Jesus shows that he's the creator in various different things. 
various different times during his ministry. And this is one of them. Because the fig tree was supposed to honor its creator by having figs. And you know how Jesus had taken the bread and the fish and divided them out. And there was more and there was more and there was more and there was more until it fed everybody there. Yeah. Well, it showed that he was creator. He could multiply fish. He could multiply bread. So there was no reason that this fig tree didn't recognize its creator. And it's interesting that Jesus does this. But listen to what happens after that. Because I think he's giving the disciples a picture of what is going on in Israel at the time. Verse 15, And they came to Jerusalem, and he entered the temple, and began to drive out those who sold and those who bought in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats. I, oops, I lost the page. And the seats of those who sold pigeons and he would not allow anyone to carry anything through the temple. And he was teaching them and saying to them, Is it not written, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations? But you have made it a den of robbers. And the chief priests and the scribes heard it and were seeking a way to destroy him. For they feared him, because all the crowd was astonished at his teaching. And when evening came, they went out of the city. Wow, that was interesting. Yeah, it was. So let me explain a little more background here. First of all, they were not supposed to buy and sell in the temple. It was not a place of merchandise. So what was happening, and this happened clear back in Amos's day, in the Old Testament, they would have people come in with sheep, and they'd inspect the sheep because you had to inspect the sheep to make sure it didn't have any flaws. And they would inspect the sheep, and they'd say, oh, that sheep is no good, and then they'd sell them a sheep that was like three times the price that actually had a blemish in it. And so this was one of the ways the chief priests made money during this time. So instead of making this a time to worship God, this was like making this, you know, Black Friday after after Thanksgiving or something. They're, they're worried about the money they're going to get. And so this had crept into the temple grounds. And they're selling the pigeons for the poor people, poorer people, because that was the sacrifice for those, for those who could not afford anything else. And they were selling the sheep for the Passover. And they were making a lot of money out of it. Now, they had entered, uh, they took up a place in the temple. And the, the, the other thing is there was a purpose for that. Yeah, Jesus says that. Well, here's the thing, is that that was the place for all of the nations together. So there was a sign between that section he cleans out and the inner temple that says, that said something in regards to the fact that you had to be uh, one of the Israelites or have passed all the qualifications to enter 
the temple. And those, those qualifications were rather stringent. You had to really worship God. Um, and, but the, the outside where he was at in the temple was supposed to be a place where everyone could gather and everyone could be ministered to in some way. And where there was no exclusion and Jesus uses this place in the temple. So here he is cleaning it out, taking care, taking care of the crooked business that was occurring there and cleaning it out for its actual use. And then he quotes scripture. Uh, Is it not written, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations, but you have made it a den of robbers. So he's telling them what it should have by scripture been, and then he tells them that they have done the absolute opposite of it. And they're not truly worshiping God. And they were afraid they were they were afraid of him. And they wanted to destroy him because he called them out on this practice. But the people were astonished because they had known or suspected for a very long time that this was crooked. This was not the way it was supposed to be. The other thing is they wouldn't allow the money that people used to be used in the temple. So you had to have this huge exchange rate on a temple coin so that you could actually make your offering in this, in this temple coin. And it was the same thing. It was, it was an absolute ripoff. And the crowds were just astonished. Because nobody since the time of Amos, at least 400 years before, had, had called anybody on this. Wow. So this makes quite an impression. But they don't know what to do with him yet. So, notice verse 19. And when evening came, they went out of the city. So first day he has the triumphal entry. He's got absolute attention of everybody. The second day he throws everything that doesn't belong in the temple out of the temple. Again, has the attention of everybody and disrupts this illegal business. And then they come in the third day. Now, don't forget the fig tree. Verse 20. As they passed by in the morning, so they'd gone back out to Bethany, they're coming back into Jerusalem, they saw the fig tree withered away to its roots. And Peter remembered and said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed is withered. And Jesus answered them, Have faith in God. Truly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And whenever you stand praying, forgive, 
if you have anything against anyone, so that your Father also, who is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. That's a lot. It is. It is. So basically he's saying, here's the deal. You have to believe that what you're asking for in prayer, you're going to receive. And it may not happen immediately. May not happen immediately. I think sometimes I haven't used my faith muscle enough. And I come in doubting. And you remember that it took a while. It took Jesus questioning the man who doubted. He said, you know, I believe help my unbelief. Jesus cleared that up right away. And he's saying to the disciples, don't, don't doubt. Completely believe. And follow. Follow God. Do not doubt. But then he says at the end of that, um, whenever you stand praying, forgive. Now, do you have to have a certain heart to really pray to God? Yeah, you got to have a heart that understands that God's the one in charge and I actually follow him. Right, so you could, if you... Put God to the test and say, oh, if God answers my prayer, then he's God. That's not what we're talking about here. This is also not talking about, oh, God, give me this or give me that or give me this or give me that. Because I can ask for whatever you say. You say I can ask for whatever. And if I really believe I'm going to get it. Not that God can't do that because God can. But is that prayer? Is that really asking God for what will move the whole kingdom of God forward? If you are a follower of God, then that's where our heart should be. And so he says, the other thing he says is that you have to forgive. Because in the kingdom of God, God has forgiven all of us. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It's from Romans. And God has forgiven us. So we have to, in turn, turn around and do the same thing. Or we're not, again, sharing in the kingdom of God. So there's some, some qualifiers here, but they don't stand out. And, and the reason for that is they're not in line with the kingdom of God. However, having said that, the kingdom of God is going to happen. Even if it moves heaven and earth, which it will, because the old heaven and the old earth will pass away, and there will be a new heaven and a new earth. So all things will be created new. So Jesus is saying, this is going to happen. There's going to be some new things going on here. And I think he's saying, talking about the chief priests and the scribes. He's using a fig tree to explain that these people don't really believe in God. And that becomes much more obvious in the crucifixion. 
They don't believe. They don't believe. And they don't want to believe. Wow. Who would think that a fig tree would 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 show us all of that? Well, let's see let's see what happens here. Because now they've seen the dead fig tree, the withered fig tree. Now they're going to see the withered authority of the chief priests and scribes and elders. And they came again to Jerusalem. So they've gone out. They've gone in. They've gone out. They've come back in. Withered fig tree. Keep going to Jerusalem. And as he was walking in the temple, the chief priests and the scribes and the elders came to him. And they said to him, By what authority are you doing these things? Having a triumphal entry, cleaning out the temple. Who told you you could do this? Or who gave you this authority to do them? Jesus said to them, I will ask you one question. Answer me. And I will tell you by what authority I do these things. Was the baptism of John from heaven or from man? Answer me. And they discussed it with one another, saying, If we say from heaven, he will say, Why then did you not believe him? But shall we say from man? They were afraid of the people, for they all held that John really was a prophet. And they answered Jesus, We do not know. And Jesus said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. They were more worried about their their image in front of the people than they were about the real answer. Jesus shows them that. So here they have leaves, just like the fig tree. They have leaves, but they don't have any fruit. They aren't really after the answer to that. And they should be. It was their job to be. So we're going to... Jesus Jesus tells them a parable. And this kind of sums this whole section up. Uh, and this is where chapter 12 starts. And he began to speak to them in parables. A man planted a vineyard and put a fence around it and dig a pit for the wine press and built a tower and leased it to tenants and went into another country. When the season came, he sent a servant to the tenants to get from them some of the fruit of the vineyard. And they took him and beat him and sent him away empty-handed. Again he sent to them another servant, and they struck him on the head and treated him shamefully. And he sent another, and him they killed. This is very sad story. It is. It is. And so, with many others, some they beat and some they killed. He had still one other, a beloved son. Finally, he sent him to them, saying, They will respect my son. But those tenants said to one another, 
This is the heir. Come, let us kill him, and the inheritance will be ours. And they took him and killed him and threw him out of the vineyard. What will the owner of the vineyard do? Now, this is interesting because most of the time Jesus waits for an answer. He does not wait for the answer to the question. He answers it for them. So let me read it as all one statement. What will the owner of the vineyard do? He will come and destroy the tenants and give the vineyard to others. Have you not read this scripture? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. That was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Wow. He just kind of pins them to the wall, doesn't he? Basically, he does. Everybody understands this parable. Now, what should they have done? If they were really seeking the Messiah, if they were really seeking God to be in their midst, what would they have done? They would have said sorry and, and, and found out what they had to do to follow Jesus. You're right. You're right, Hattie. That's what they would have done. So let's read what they did. Because if they didn't do that, that wasn't really what their intent was. And they were seeking to arrest him, but feared the people. For they perceived that he had told the parable against them. So they left him and went away. Chickens. <laughs> oh, David, 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 David. Yes, we would we would have called them chickens in our day and time. That's not what Jesus calls them, but um he actually has another name for them in a couple of places, not chickens. Um but you see how those stories fit together? So, so the chief priests and the, and the scribes and the elders were like the fig tree. They were supposed to be praising Jesus and they were supposed to see that he was the Messiah. And they were supposed to have fruit, fruits of repentance and fruits of love and joy and peace and fruits of wanting to follow Jesus. And they didn't have any of that. Right. And Jesus told them that. And because they didn't have any of that, he was calling their hand. He was. He was. And they were mad. They were very, very angry. But they were also, they realized that their power was from the people. And if they didn't, if, if they didn't please the people, then they were going to be in trouble. And so... They were trying to figure out exactly how to configure this scenario so that they could they could silence Jesus and still get away with what they got away with. Sounds underhanded to me. It was. It was underhanded. It wasn't very nice. It denied 
who he was. But what happens to the fig tree? What happened to the servants? They all end up out of the deal. They think they're getting something, but they end up all withering away and not having anything. Exactly. And it really, that really does happen. In this case, in, in less than another 40 years from this very time, everybody that was old enough to remember this time, um, unless they had passed on, would remember things that Jesus said this week because Jerusalem would be flattened, absolutely flattened and burned by the Romans. There would be no temple left. There would A lot of the houses wouldn't be left. It was going to be an absolute terrible ransack. There would be no temple, no chief priests, no elders, no Sadducees, no Pharisees. They wouldn't even be allowed back in Jerusalem. Wow. Yeah. We don't see that story laid out like that in the Bible. The Bible does not really tell that story. Um, there are some books of the Bible written after that. A few, very few. Most of them were written before that time. But there were a few that were written after that time because um, then those who were Jews that became Christians really had a little, a, a, a mixed faith. They still believed in worshiping in the temple, even though they believed that Jesus had been their sacrifice. They still followed all of the Jewish customs, even though there was no temple. So our because there was still a temple. Well, what do you do when all of that is taken away and you really have to make up your mind, how am I supposed to fight for the temple? Am I supposed to fight for Jerusalem? Because that had been done before. In fact, right before all of this, in the time between the end of the Old Testament and Jesus, there had been those who had fought for the temple. There had been those who had fought um, for Jerusalem. And so now they're in this time of maybe we should do that again. What should we do? And, and those who were left that were disciples of Jesus were like, no, 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 no. This is what you don't understand. This is what you don't understand. Jesus was telling you that this fig tree withered. This fig tree wasn't bearing the fruit it needed to bear. And that there was a new and renewed creation that is the kingdom of God. And that is the important thing that carries on from here. Whoa, that would be totally different. Yeah, that, that definitely would be different. So this is, this is setting up not just for this week of Jesus leading up to the crucifixion, but for that event. And in, unless you know how, unless you back up and see how all that works together, you miss this story because it's, it's really, really important.
Wow. Yeah. So when Jesus told stories, you better pay attention. <laughs> You're right, Addie. When Jesus told stories, you better pay attention. Let's pray. Does anybody want to pray? I'll pray. Dear Jesus, thank you for giving us stories that are so interesting and have so much to do with with our life and 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 thank you that you don't let fake things stay that you did that they go away and lord help us to be real and to really follow you in jesus name we pray amen good job hattie good job see you guys later see ya can't wait till next time yeah more bible stories All right, this has been Trained by Grace 2 with Catherine Elizabeth. And we have gone through this set of days with Jesus as he's preparing Jerusalem for a new era. And for the Messiah, should they, whether, whether they accept him or not, um, he's making very clear who he is in this in this section of Mark, which is collaborated by the other Gospels. I hope you've enjoyed. I hope you've understood this this passage better. I hope that you have been enriched by this time of listening and learning about Jesus. God bless you. God loves you. And remember, you are one of his excellencies. Stick tight. Stick tight to Jesus. Hi, this is Trained by Grace 2 with Catherine Elizabeth. I just want you to know that um, God has made you one of his excellencies and he loves you very much. So if there's any way that we could help you to know that better, please reach out at trainedbygrace2 at gmail.com and put in the subject line podcast and just um, write below that whatever... However we could help you um, with prayer or if you need a Bible sent or need a resource of some kind. I don't know that I can I can fulfill all of those, but I know that God and his riches can. So God loves you. And remember, you are one of his excellencies.